Welcome to the Wild Minute with Troy, where we're continuing forward. The Wild season is over. The playoffs march on. And here in Minnesota, we're left to pick up the pieces. Right now, the Seattle Kraken lead the Dallas Stars in the best of seven series, two games to one. Furthering the point that uh, we'd been making before the playoffs started, I think the Wild would have uh, withstood a better chance and a better outcome had they drawn the Colorado Avalanche uh, rather than the Dallas Stars in that first round. I was worried about the goaltender, Jake Ottinger. He did steal a game along the way. But uh, in the end, uh, the Wild didn't have the firepower uh, to beat the Dallas Stars. And certainly the Wild Stars weren't shining. And we've uh, well chronicled uh, the performance or lack thereof of Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. We'll be talking about that throughout the summer. We're not taking the summer off. Uh, The Wild Minute of Troy will be be posting podcasts all summer long. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at Wild Minute Troy. Follow us on uh, Twitter at Farmington Troy. And we'll keep you updated on all things hockey. Again, this isn't a shot. This is just the reality. For several years here in Minnesota, the season ends after the first round. But there's still three more rounds of great NHL hockey to be played in the playoffs. And the con- the uh, contests in these uh, conference semifinals have just been outstanding. Um, certainly the Dallas Kraken series is going uh, very uh, interestingly. Uh, very good play by Seattle. And Dallas, of course, is one of the better teams with one of the better goaltenders. But right now the Kraken look like uh, they could knock off the Stars and head to the Western Conference Finals in their playoff debut. How cool would that be? The uh, Vegas Knights are holding their own against Edmonton. And uh, that series will resume, I believe, game four will be Wednesday night. So lots to watch in the West, lots to watch in the East. But what we're going to talk to, to talk about briefly tonight is the Billy Guerin press conference got a lot of attention. And it was, it was a really good 30, 35 minutes of drama. And I don't mean drama in the reality TV sense, you know, waiting to chase an ambulance and, and see what goes wrong. There were a lot of tough questions asked of Billy. And with Dean Evison right by his side, Billy did what Billy does. He laid it out. His, uh, you know, he said what he thought. He wasn't pulling any punches. But what we're going to touch on briefly is something that generated. I won't say controversy when you have sports talk radio, which we love. K fan, um, you're going to have things talked about. You're going to have things broken down. I mean, we do it on the podcast. But the reality is, the 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 thing that raised some eyebrows uh, from that press conference was when Billy G said the uh, season was not a failure. Um, and, of course, that generated a lot of feedback on socials, radio, uh, everywhere else. But the reality is, Billy made the right point. And, and you know here at Wild Minute with Troy, we're not blind, we're not blind fans. Are we fans of the Wild? Absolutely. Do we want the Wild to do well? Absolutely. Are we cheering for the Wild? 100%. But I think you've followed this podcast long enough to know we're all so objective. We call spades spades. We wonder where Matt Boldy was in this playoff series and last year's playoff series. We were calling out Kirill, Matt Zuccarello, uh, even uh, the goaltending at times. So we don't pull punches here, but here's the reality that is 100% fact. The Wild are operating with an 85% payroll of the rest of the NHL. Now, who who decided that? Well, that was Billy when he got – when he. Uh, 
I, I don't know if bought out is the right word, but when the Wild got rid of uh, Suter and Parisi, they knew that they'd be paying uh, large chunks of their salary for, I think, when they made the decision for four years to come. We're now halfway through that, and the Wild currently, I think I said 85%. It's probably like 86%, 87%. Nevertheless, they're 14 or $15 million behind everyone else as far as what they can use to put talent on their shelves. So look at it this way. Kirill Kaprizov is making $9 million. Boldy's making $7 million. Now, set aside for a second the obvious joke that they didn't perform in this year's playoffs, the Wild could almost add two players of that caliber with the money they're hamstrung with right now for the next two years. So again... While other teams are operating at 100% payroll, the Wild are operating at like 86%, $14-15 million. So what does that mean? I explained the math, but look at it this way. When Erickson Eck went down, the Wild went with Sam Steele. They pondered Oscar Sundquist. When Dallas lost Pavelski, they just brought up Tyler Sagan. Uh, a previous number two or second overall pick in the NHL draft because they have that full salary uh, structure and the Wild don't. That's one example, but the reality is you cannot deny, any objective NHL fan, certainly a Wild fan, cannot deny that the Wild doesn't have the depth other teams do because it's 14, 15, 16 million behind in, in the salary cap. And that's going to continue. Actually, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse another $2 million for next year and the season after that. So we have two more seasons left before the Wild get out of salary cap hell. Now, fans argue, yeah, but Billy made that decision. The Wild brought the, this on themselves. 100%, no doubt about it. But they made the decision. Billy said it again. I don't know if it was in the press conference, but in a, in a, a radio interview a day or two later, he absolutely ma- would make the decision again, and he thinks it was the right decision. They had to do it to move on. Could they use a bigger defenseman like Ryan Suter, who, yes, is on the, the sunset of his career, but still effective, as we saw in game one? You can't deny, or series one, you can't deny that Suter still is an effective player. We can We can dislike everything about him, what he did in the locker room, some of the selfish things he reportedly uh, levied in that locker room and did to younger players. But but at the end of the day, he's still an effective player, and he's playing pretty well for uh, the Dallas Stars. He certainly did against the Wild, and he's playing okay in the Seattle series as well. So the reason we say that, back to the original point, was this year a success? If you go back... If you read the stories from the experts, if you read all the postmortems from a year ago, doom and gloom was ahead for 22-23. The Wild, who are already in salary cap hell, were, going to, were expected to trade Fiala because they can't afford him, and what would they get in return? And again, doom and gloom. Many said this team would not make the playoffs in 22-23. What did they do? They had their second straight 100-point season. 100-point-plus season, and they were the only NHL team to do that two years, the, the last two years. Now, results matter. The Wild got eliminated in the first round. 
but you cannot objectively look at the fact they were 15 million behind the rest of the teams and yet they were the number three seed and until the final week of the season were competing for the number one overall seed in the West. You can't say this season was a total failure. It is if you only gauge it by playoff series wins. And yes, let's not go into that argument about, well, that's what the season's about. Of course it is. But it's not just easy to say failure and success when you look at the bigger picture here, when you look at how the Wild technically have to go backwards to go forward, and yet they're still getting 100 points while they do that. Then you look at the farm. You look at the young players. You look at the talent. You look at what Billy is stockpiling for the Wild. We expect them to make the playoffs again next year. It's going to be difficult. Again, they're going to be at 85 84% of what the rest of the teams are. But for whatever reason, part of it could be coaching. Part of it could be personnel. Part of it could be the, the young talent that they don't have to pay heavy for right now. They've drafted well. The Wild, uh, Billy said at the press conference, we'll believe him, I haven't done my homework on this, but the last two years have stockpiled more draft picks than any other team in the NHL. And you're starting to see some of that. And there's some exciting names we'll talk about this summer. There's names that are still a year and a half away, names like Olgren. I think ideally Jesper Wallstedt is still another year away. And if the Wilds sign Gus like they're expected to do, I'd expect, spoiler alert here, I'd expect short-term and nothing dazzling, maybe a two-year two year deal. Uh, they have the flower sign for next year. So Wallstedt's coming up, but he's probably a year away. I think Carson Lambos, exciting player, probably a year away. And there's another Russian player or two, probably a year or two away. So what does that mean for next year? It does mean much of the same. But it also means something else. The Wild needs a couple of their younger players to step up, and uh, hopefully they can do that next year. You know who we're talking about, Marco Rossi. They need him to deliver. He did not this year. Neither did Kalen Addison. And when you talk about the salary cap hell they've, they've put themselves in, no one denies this was brought on by themselves. But then you can't deny after the decision that they're dealing with, as Billy said, one hand behind their back. We'll talk about it on another podcast. But when you do that, you put a lot of bank on your young players. And heading into this season, who are we talking about on this podcast and others? You were talking about Caden Addison, and you were talking about Marco Rossi. Don't forget, Rossi led the NHL in preseason points. And then he went on to score one point in his next 16 games, and he ended up in Des Moines. In order for this to completely work, this plan, you need your young players to deliver. And Kalen Addison and Rossi didn't. The Wilds still got 100 points, got into the playoffs, and went six games. I'm not celebrating that they went six games. I'm not celebrating a first-round exit. Of course that's disappointing. Monumentally disappointing. But the reality is, with the cards they dealt themselves, the 2022-23 season was absolutely a success. Thanks for finding me. I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. Go to a platform where you get your podcast. This is Wild Minute with Troy. Instagram, Wild Minute Troy. Twitter, Farmington Troy. 
We'll talk to you.